The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Oh my goodness, that's us on loop. What was that? Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired by Mr. Stark? Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And uh, making up for last week's absence is the sound effects come from none other than our man one agents underscore seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. What's up, everybody? I'm back. But our upcoming schedule will kind of revolve around a lot of things happening in the fall of 2023. Yes, and it has to do with a certain a certain anime. I said, and it has to do with a certain anime that Agent Seventy uh, uh, loves. Uh. Right, <laughs> or at least it's tangential to it. You know, right. here's a big hint, right? You know, for the people watching on video, there here's a big hint. Exactly. Uh, and with that, uh, this here podcast comes to you. Well, we're actually on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's cspn.us. Do it today. Last week, I, I um, totally forgot about that part. I was like, I was like, wait, there's no one to come off for that voice. So I had to do it myself. <laughs> the do it today part. <laughs> but you could also find this uh, po- podcast on your podcast parental place of choice. Be Google Play or Google, excuse me, Google Podcasts or um, uh, iTunes, Google Play. Well, yeah, I. Lord, I'm all screwed up now. Um, <laughs> iTunes, uh, iTunes podcast, all of that, Apple podcast, uh, and of course, um, you know, the, the uh, Coastal Podcast Network's uh, page, SoundCloud page. Please hit like and subscribe at all of those podcast sources. We need those five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Get, you, you try to rush and get discombobulated, and, and it just makes things uh, go worse for you, I tell you. At least some of us, anyway. But, folks, we also record mostly every Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern Time, Eastern, whatever the, uh, the which I guess we're about to we're do for a time change in a little bit. So, we're guessing we will be Eastern Standard Time at some point soon. Um on the uh, the the YouTube channel of the Click Nation, that's youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live. And all the five star reviews, we appreciate them. Thank you. 
Indeed. And in, in, in the famous words uh, of another anime character, heh. <laughs> um, tonight. Uh, which, yes, that will also come up later on uh, in the show, which I'm excited about for next week, now that I think about it. But right now, we are going to get into um, a spoiler-free recap of this week's penultimate episode of uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, which is part seven that was called Dreams and Madness. Yeah, this was a pretty wacky episode to me. It was wacky. Okay. It was a little wackier than I thought because um, uh, we had... Uh, someone channeling a uh, Chirrut from uh, Rogue One, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but who, someone who actually was like actively wielding force powers, and I was like, "Come on, man!" Hey, you know, it's all connected. I guess, I guess, but in, <laughs> in in any event, I just thought it was kind of a wacky episode. We did not get enough Hera. We did get a nice little side shot, but we did not get enough Hera. Um. No, but I do uh, love that opening, uh, the way it opened. What's that? The, the with what happened? I'm not going to go into what happened. That oh night, yes, 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 yes. The opening, right, 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 right. Because we always have to recall what time period we're dealing with. So there are still several characters from the original trilogy in play, and one of those plays a role. And another character, some would say a who plays a starring role in some parts of the star Wars universe. I know him better as a supporting character shows up live on screen. Okay. Now I'm trying to think about who you're talking. Oh, 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 I was about to say, if you're thinking about the same person I'm thinking of, cause I was like, wait, you're not thinking about that person, but no, yeah. I'm oh, well, I'm thinking of, you know, you know, who I'm thinking of is, so. uh, 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 stop. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of no, not that character. Okay. I'm trying to think of um, uh, uh, the best way to reference this character, other than like being uh, blown into bits and being carried around by Chewbacca. Well, okay, okay, that was going back to yes, 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 yes. That, that was going back to. <laughs> I thought you were talking about someone else, but because that, that, that's what it, um, that was my first. You know, that's what I was thinking of first, but. Um, but I got you. I got you. And I'm pretty sure the resourceful people know who you're talking about then. But yeah, so after that, that opening that has, uh, that has actually was kind of lengthy, uh, surprisingly lengthy, uh, that, uh, you know, had to do with Hera. We get to, we get back to uh, the other side of that with the, you know, with uh, the, the, the title character and, uh, and the folks uh, around that area um, and a reunion. Uh, I will say that much, but it was an expected. It was an expected thing as uh, because that was part of the quest that the the the, the, the um, title character was on. So therein lies that. Oh, well, actually, going back to the open a little bit, I I do love those one part. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Uh, that I, uh, that uh, had a, a character kind of up in arms because of something someone said. <laughs> that 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 I got a kick out of. I'll put it that way. So, um, but yeah, all, going into the, the the main story, like we kind of get into the whole thing with, um, you know, at, at this point, you know who the bad guy is and and this and what they're setting up, or at least we hope you know if you're if you're um, paying attention to what's going on with the show. Um, 
and it is all leading towards the uh the next episode which is the last uh episode of this here uh show and i guess making some way to um to start setting up Filoni's uh, culmination, his Avengers Assemble of the Star Wars Universe movie that is right. coming at some point. Right. Which is also leaving some questions about, uh, or at least for me, about a couple of characters who may or may not pay, play a part in that whole uh, grand uh, scheme of themes, or whether they are coming out of this uh, particular show but i guess we will find out next uh next week about mm-hmm. that so but outside of that i enjoyed it because like we it for the most part was a pretty good star wars episode you know because it kind of had some of the things that you would want out of a star wars episode outside of uh what uh, uh agent 70 considers uh, uh the goofy parts yeah you know it's you know i i i think what is coloring my perception of this show is you know some of the ways that they make or 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 portray uh the relationship between ezra and sabine and where that may or may not develop Mm -hmm. and also i think i you know what colors my perception of the show is that ray stevenson's portrayal of uh balen what the character's name of balen skull right Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it's so good, and it's just a shame that it's not going to continue after this series. Agreed. And that's kind of one of the characters that I was thinking about with what I said um, um, a, a little bit ago, because I kind of wonder if they kind of had some plans for his character and his uh, his uh, his apprentice in, right. the, in, in the bigger stream of things. Right. I still kind of love that her name, and, I, and, and, and this is because of the, uh, because of the ringer... Uh, podcasts the, the various ringer podcasts influence that 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 uh that that the the, the padawan's name is shin hati mm-hmm. but it says shin hati mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah I, I don't disagree you know <laughs> right. oh yeah I'm, I'm sure that has been that has been floating around all uh out there <laughs> you know, like like i've heard i heard them say shin hati on the show and i'm like no it's shin hati Right. Just admit it. <laughs> but weirdly enough, has me thinking about um, Shock T, the one who put the set yeah, in the right. panties. But um, yeah, which... yeah, yeah. But in any event, yeah, I, I was just I, every time I hear them make a joke about, it, I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty fair, hmm. pretty <laughs> fair. Yeah. You know, I I I I I, I dig the um, the 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 um, the overt and the quiet sex appeal of this show. I was about to say, wait, did it have a quiet? Uh, <laughs> was it was the sexy pillow of the show quiet? I did not know that. Because <laughs> I feel like it was all pretty much out there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, even with characters you wouldn't, you know, or or in certain characters you wouldn't think so at first blush, who's been around in other Star Wars projects, you mm-hmm. know, or recurrent Star Wars projects, I guess you would say. So, right. But yeah, um, Outside of that, enjoyable, but I know I, I feel like probably this episode also kind of goes away for some people. I don't I don't know that for certain. It's like, okay, what is the show actually doing and setting up? Like, we already know people. There are certain sections of people who don't have a whole lot of patience, 
Right. You know, it, it has to be on from the get go and continues to be on and get somewhere and do something. So I mean, that's I, I suppose that's not going to stop anytime soon. But you know, there's and I get certain certain people's um, apprehensions because, as we know, of the character, the, the the title character has such a cachet at this point. You know, uh, with 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 fans because especially the way they started out, like Sokus uh, started out kind of annoying and ended up being a fan favorite for a lot of people, whereas. Right. Uh, or at least I can only speak for a problem myself and maybe possibly Agent 70, certain characters like Ezra, <laughs> Bridger, right. was annoying right. from the get-go and remained that way. So maybe less yeah. so, in, but still so. Yeah, he's annoying. But at he's least still kind version, of annoying to me now, even in real, in, in live action. Actually, you know what? This, yes, also, but also still kind of less so as, you know, in the in the bigger, in, in the bigger thing. Like, yes, I agree, but I feel like he's not as not as annoying as his um as animated counter counterpart, you know? Right. Right. Especially right, right. when you put older. Go ahead. Because he's older. Right. There is that. You know. And right. he doesn't have a, like youthful BS, you know? Right. Right. And he's not with Zeb, which, you know, uh uh which that's plays a part of because Zeb was another character I would do crazy, crazy about. Although I don't know I wonder I kinda wonder if they're gonna Pop him in. I was gonna say, speaking of that, speaking of that character Zeb, we actually get a mention, but whether or not we'll get an appearance is another story. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like is he gonna pop in, you know, in the the next episode at the end, uh, some kind of way, which you know, who's to say? You know, we don't know, but especially with that, with uh, well, not even with that that first part because like that kind of <laughs> kind of uh, resolved itself in, in, in a quite amusing way. Um, mm-hmm. and actually kind of makes me want to watch, uh, Star Wars Resistance, which I had never done. Does he show up in that? No, but there is a character that was in that, uh, that was in that open that is related to a character in Resistance. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, and someone tried to correct me with, uh, about, about that when I mentioned something on a, on a, uh, video, but it's like, you know what? Calm down. <laughs> ah. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, like I said, next week is the, um, is, is the final episode and, you know, we're just going to see how this plays out, uh, for Ahsoka going into whatever the, the Filoni verse is going to have, uh, served up for us coming. So, I don't know. Really not much to say without, without spoiling anything, even though there's a couple of things I kind of would want to. <laughs> Right, 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 so, right, right. But yeah, that's that. Um, I, unless I decided to sell, got something to say, I'm going to mention um, uh, uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Lord Dex real quick. Uh, it was a pretty Disney episode. It has to do with uh, three beta Zoys that are on the ship and a whole lot of e- emotional, uh, not emotional damage. Let's not go there. But um, e- emotional havoc that kind of plays out. Uh, uh, on this show or on this particular episode and things in that respect not being what it seems but it was still a good episode got a little character development in, in, in a way uh, and it seems like they're kind of uh, but they also kind of use that to kind of push on to the rest of the season uh, and the, the big overarching uh, thing that they're going to end up dealing with seems like or at least they gave a nod to it in, at the end 
So we'll we'll see how that continues to go. But I enjoyed it, you know. As a, still could it's still really uh, mega reverential, referential, and I still kind of have some issues with that. But it's still like it's still a fun show. So I can't, you know. I I try to, um, you know, I try to bring my uh my um uh, um. My notions down off of off of that because I know some people like that kind of stuff, you know. But it's like, okay, you can kind of calm down with them a little bit. Like we don't need <laughs> we don't need ten references every thirty seconds, you know. We're right, not saying right, it's right. that bad, but it's like okay, it just goes from goes and goes and goes at, at times, and that's like all right, leave something, leave something. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, that being said, okay. we're going. To, what's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, so you're not. I mean, I know you're not a, a big Star Trek fan in the first place, but have you have you seen any Lower Decks at all? Or no Paramount Plus, hmm. I th- or an urge to watch it via alternate means. Oh, that's <laughs> like that, I didn't. You know, I yeah, that yeah. Like if 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 I was really if I had you know if I was really you know uh, fiending for it, then I might watch it, but it's not like top of my list. So yeah. it's a fun show, even if you're not a, a, a big fan, but like, I've, you know, so, but also like the, the other things outside of references was another thing I had an issue with it, but I'm kind of getting over that either way. So that being said, we're going to push off into the books of the week, starting with, uh, Avengers number five. It is, uh, as I pull up my sheet, Avengers number five is written by Jed McKay with art by Ivan Fiorelli, um, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Folks, we are nearing, I presume, the culmination of this first six-issue story arc uh, in mckay's run on avengers and i find myself a little underwhelmed by this ashen you know uh what do they call themselves oh the ashen combine the ashen combine i feel like they should be we should be fighting them with lotion and moisturizer you know like seriously like why are we not fighting them with lotion and moisturizer it's too tough to crack sir the, the ash. Oh, look, we, we we got we got jokes tonight, folks. This is what happens <laughs> when Agent Underscore Seventies back on the show. But in any event, right? Like, you know, I I kind of, you know, I kind of saw where the story was going when I was reading it. It's like, oh, there's always like the 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 put upon, uh, you know, semi servant of the big bads, and it's the put upon semi-servant of the big bads who may rebel and choose to help the underdog heroes um, win the day. And I was like, oh, and I think, you know, the one thing that I noticed in this that I was uh, telling Roddy Cat about in the pre-show production meeting was that, uh, you know, the, the, you know, I noticed that a speech that normally would have been like, the chairpersons or oftentimes just Captain America's when it comes to like, you know, uh, uh, you know, speaking directly to, um, uh, uh, the foe, you know, or one of the, the lead foes, you know, kind of doing a little bit of speechifying as it were, um, was div- divided up 
amongst a couple of different characters and then, uh, uh, you know, kind of developed into like kind of like a rallying cry. So, um, you know, I, I noticed that, uh, you know, just as a, it's not even a nitpick. It's just something that I noticed at the, uh, you know, culmination of the issue, kind of, uh, leading up to the cliffhanger ending as it were. So, um, but otherwise, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, I, I appreciate what, you know, what McKay is trying to do here. I appreciate, you know, the art, uh, Fiorelli's art is solid, but, um, I, you know, when I saw that, you know, I was like, oh, it's the put upon, you know, not quite servant of the big bads. So I'm like, oh, I, I see it. But, um, you know, uh, I, I'd like to see where this goes in the next issue. Right. So here's my thought about that. And I, and I kind of had a similar thought to you because it went directly to a specific place in time to which right. certain folks might not know, might not remember. But obviously us being, you know, being a, being around this thing before quite well, I went directly there, you know, because this happened one other. Well, it's probably happened. And it's happened a few other different times. But one in particular times, as far as Marvel is concerned, that we both know about where a similar situation has happened. And 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 that's actually in my notes that is addressed to such. So, I, but I won't even uh, go there. But yeah, like I, said, I thought about that too, and it's like, eh, you know what? Maybe McKay's going to put a little spin on it. Who's to say? Right, 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 right. So we like, like you said, we'll have to just see how uh, how that how that plays out. Um, as I show the Mark Brooks uh, corner box uh, uh, um, cover uh, for the folks that are watching the video version of this here thing. Uh, they need to bring back cover boxes and uh, also let Mark Brooks do them because he's been pr- firing on all cylinders on them joints. Although this version of the the adventures that he has on this uh, uh, cover is not the current, but still, I, I see what he's uh, see what he's going for. So, that being said, we can push on to the next book, which is Invincible Iron Man number ten. Invincible Iron Man number 10 is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Juan Frigeri, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna, the hardest working letterer at Marvel or working at VC doing Marvel work. So this is the other half of what's been going on uh, through the eyes of Tony Stark, what's been going on in between himself and Emma Frost. You know, we do catch up with what's going on with uh, Rhodey in um, in lockup. You know, he's locked up, but uh, he's trying to get out. Uh, but in order to stay safe, uh, Tony has had to make some deals with certain devils. Um, I will say that uh, it was interesting to see how Tony maneuvered into a certain position using Emma Frost. And um, I was reading this issue just as we were about to go on air, trying to finish it up. And I was able to, thankfully, so I could talk about it. The MCUification of a certain aspect of the story was just blatant. But then to see it kind of tie into something that has existed in the X corner of the Marvel Universe for a while felt a little convenient to me but it makes sense given like the overall kind of like interweaving of the 
Iron Man and X corner of the Marvel Universe uh, under the watch of Jared Duggan. Yeah. This is true. This is true. There also seems to be a, um, a, a reference to some other things that have that are going on in other places. And I can't, I, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but it just kind of seemed like, including something that uh, came out this week, but we didn't get a chance to read, uh, un- unfortunately. But I don't know if that's, if I'm reading into that or if that was actually something that was the case. So, but yeah, is it, is it interesting how, um, how uh, Tony's new connects has been, kind of coming through for him for for a reason but i'm sure they're going to uh there's a, just like uh with magic there's going to be a cost right so we shall see and yeah the the one part that one there's one part that uh agent uh, seven mentions like yeah we saw a part before but it's it's kind of cool that one we get to see how we got from point a to point b because it's like we see it in one other book and then we see how we got to that point in another as has as things have been going through the Xbox in certain cases. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's always cool to see. Also speaking of the MCU vacations uh people watching this video version, actually, which was a nice time to think that agent 70 said that because there's a, um, a variant cover that is pretty much the, a version of the, the MCU, uh, MCU, um, uh, Avengers, but in a classic style, uh, that Cafu did. So it's a, it's a, it's kind of cool, cool look if you're um, checking it out. If you're watching the video version, you see what I'm talking about. Uh, that being said, I guess that's it because there's really not much else to say about that. Also, although the whole roadie thing was like, huh? That all uh, was kind of like you kind of saw something happening, but you didn't know how it was going to play out. Right. Um. So I was like, okay, that was interesting <laughs> in, a, in a kind of a way. I'm like, all right, I guess there's, you know, who saw that coming, you know, but uh, it was also kind of amusing for some strange reason. But anyway, um, that is Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man number 10. And now we can go into the rapid fires. Yes, we're going into rapid fire a little early because we have very, uh, you know, our, uh, it's a pretty differing group of books here, so uh, I am about to spin it up. I ain't got time to bleed. Rapid fire review time, folks. I'm up first. Tales of the Titans, number three of four. This is written by Steve Orlando with art by Kath Lobo and Bob Quinn. Colors are by Adriano Lucas and Letters are by Rob Lee. So this is the third installment of this Tales of the Titans kind of uh, re reimagining or, or, or updating of the old school Tales of the Titans miniseries that focused on individual members of the Titans. This issue focuses upon Donna Troy, a.k.a. Wonder Girl, and she's always been one of my favorite characters amongst the teen titans i loved all the teen titans the wolfman perez era teen titans but donna was all i always had a soft spot for donna um and i really liked that uh they emphasized certain aspects of her here there are even some aspects that have uh managed to um 
continue on from the Wolfman Perez run where they kind of graduated her into being like, you know, a, a, a photographer. And now she's kind of a little bit more of a thinking of using the lens as a documentarian, as it were, or at least a journalist with a journalistic flair. Right. So it's interesting that, um, you know, they, 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 they've kept expanding upon that aspect of the character. And I'm, I'm happy for that. I would much rather uh, have that than the whole Troya business. Next up. Hold on, hold on. Before you, before you go to the next one, next, you, you sure. brought up something. Because, one, that whole... For the, uh, Donna Troy is kind of one of those characters that has, has a, let's say, complex uh, history. Yes. <laughs> and I think they have gone... DC has kind of, at some point, gone some sort of way to try to smooth that out. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one thing. But also, going back to the photographer thing, I think that's also a thing that has kind of been brought up on in the that Teen Titans series that uh, is from the world's finest thing. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think they, they, they kind of kind of uh, married that to that as well. So Right. Well, I mean, they, you know, that, that that's something that was in the OG Wolfman Perez Titans. And it was also in the television show, believe it or not. Huh. OK. Yeah. So, you know, it's that. an aspect of the character that I was happy to see. Gotcha. Next up is Immortal Thor number two. It's written by Al Ewing with art by Martin Cocolo, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. I adore this book. This is awesome. This is the Thor that I've been waiting for for a long time. I love that Al Ewing is writing it with like that old English, and I use the same joke every time. It's not the malt liquor, but it is that old English that I kind of miss, like the thee, thou stuff. And, you know, it's just that there's a certain cadence to it that when you're reading it, you can hear it. And I know people would have poked fun at it if he used it in the movies a lot, but I don't think so. You know, it just has to be delivered, you know, with with conviction. And, uh, you know, I feel like if, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, Anakin Skywalker accusing Ahsoka of lacking conviction. Um, when I say that, right, you lack conviction. Um, in any event though, uh, it'd be interesting to see where this goes because the foe that was dealt with in the first issue is dealt with in a way that is kind of, uh, quick, but at the same time, not, you know, impermanent, let's say impermanent. And there are some concepts of, in the Thor, corner of the of the marvel universe that are coming back strong under the under the under the watch of ewing so it's interesting to see how he's going to weave all that together i really i'm really enthusiastic about this book it is a potential click of the week for me next up is gene gray number two of four it's written by wheezy louis simonson with art by bernard chang colors by marcelo maiolo and letters by vcs ariana mar this was a fun book to read because the power of nostalgia is strong. Wheezy is weaving a tale because of the events of the Hellfire Club that involves Jean kind of revisiting certain aspects of her past and thinking of what she could have done differently. This issue jumps into one of the more famous um, stories that surrounds 
Jean Grey's mythology. You know, that's part of Jean Grey's mythology. And a lot of her story rotates around that, spins around it. This is kind of like one of those access points for her story. But Jean explores not necessarily a what if, but just explores a different choice she could have made and, you know, sees how that plays out. And as I said, the power of nostalgia is, is strong. I, I just enjoyed seeing Wheezy and Bernard Chang kind of depict certain things that I recognize right away. I'm like, oh, I remember this. I see where they're pulling this from. So it's really, you know, uh, 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 a nice little walk down what if memory lane. Next up is Miss Marvel, the new mutant number two of four. It's written, as we have talked about before, by Iman Volani and Sabir Pirzada. Art is by Carlos Gomez and Adam Gorham. Colors are by Eric Arseniega, and letters are by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. Now, I know that Roddy Cat is probably going to read this very soon. I will not spoil too much of this. I will say that the uh the 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 ongoing teenage hijinks continue for Kamala the kind of conflict the internal conflict that Kamala has of being a brand new member of the X-Men family Versus, you know, kind of still being part of the inhuman family versus being an overly idealistic teenager, you know, all that kind of squashed together leaves for a lot of, you know, kind of inner conflict. And that's one of the reasons why I told Roddy Cat this is not going to be a quick read. It may seem like a quick read, but it's a lot of uh, Ms. Marvel thinking to herself and, you know, kind of working her way through things. Um the aspect of the character that involves fan fiction comes right back. It never left. It was in issue number one. It is definitely front and center at the end of issue number two. And with that, I hand it off to Radicat. All right, cool. Um, verily, as uh, Thor would say, uh, first off for myself, we have, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Star Trek: The Day of Blood, Shaq's Big Day. Uh, yes, Shaq's Best Day. Excuse me. Uh, gotta get that right. As I pull up the, come on, where is the damned thing, man? Here we go. Here we go. Um, it's one shot written by Brian uh, Ryan North with art by Derek Charm with and letters by uh, a non BC at this point uh, at, at this uh, with this book, Clayton Cowles. So this is a potential click of the week for myself because, um, well, if you remember me talking about uh, Star Trek Defiant a couple of weeks ago, there was a certain part of that where uh, Shax, who's the the Bajoran, some of y'all may know and love from Star uh, from Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, uh, who was also on the crew of the Thesis at this point, uh, temporarily. Uh, kind of gets uh, separated from the group he was with and ends up getting into, into his own adventure. And that adventure was recounted here 
uh, in this particular book. It's um, it's a pretty uh, amusing book with a lot of footnotes. But I think if you know Ryan North's uh, writing style, and I believe he did it in either Squirrel Girl or one other book that I remember reading uh, that he did, there was a lot of footnotes uh, on the, at the page of it. Um, which is amusing, almost a uh, Mad Magazine style, because uh, that's kind of a, a a thing. But regardless, there was a lot of that, and it was it's a pretty fun read uh, at that. Uh, and again, like I said, that is um, like it's pretty much the events that take place during um, during a certain part of uh, the last uh, Star Trek Defiant book. Um, also, like I said, like it says, they have blood tie-in, uh, which. Um, leads me to hold on for a second hold that thought yes when you said the title's name i was like what is shaquille o'neal doing in this book <laughs> i was thinking that I, was, I almost stopped i said what yeah that's that's yeah believe me when i first uh, heard the the character's name uh in in lower decks i'm like okay what's what's going on here with that but yeah so i i feel you on that <laughs> gotcha <laughs> i'm like okay kenny okay chuck <laughs> <laughs> Right. So we uh, continue with the uh, Star Trek corner with actually the uh, the final um, the part of the Day of Blood uh, uh, crossover event uh, with uh, Star Trek number 12, uh, which is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, art by uh, Angel Ndweta, colors by Marissa Louise. Uh, there's a typo there and there. Wow. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and letters by Clayton Cowles once again. So, like I said, another potential click of the week. Um, and uh, because, uh, as I say in my notes, let me, I'll just go ahead and read a part of that, which says, um, uh, the crew of the Theseus and the Defiant ends up doing some Star Trek shit while, uh, Cisco is on Quanos going Super Saiyan. And that's only part of the book, but uh, okay, the, okay, yeah. Um, but it also goes in towards ending off this whole day of blood thing, but not without um, sowing the seeds of what comes next in the, the Star Trek ongoing, which has to do with a thread from probably last week's uh, Defiant uh, Star Star Trek Defiant that uh, that had to do with. Um, um, a character's uh, uh, fam- family ties, and um, the the constant uh, adversarial nature of a certain uh, character therein, that kind of comes back into the play because of the, I, I, some would say because of what uh, what happened then uh, between this and the last issue of Star Trek. I think I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was uh, Star Trek Defiance when some of that kind of happened but um you know we uh like I said, the, the day of blood thing wraps up you kind of get a a slight bit of an epilogue in, in a sense thanks to some uh subspace messages again before going and some other uh dialogue uh before going into the thing that i just mentioned and um yeah like i said good stuff uh, some some good Star Trek, uh, and if I said Star Wars earlier, which is quite likely, um, 
you know, I meant Star Trek. But yeah, there are some references to some things, including actually, I have to point this out. Um, the Star Trek motion picture echoes miniseries that wrapped up what well, either last week or week before last. There is a reference to that here because I was kind of wondering what was going. Why was that? Um, um, why that was going on, and what did that have to do with anything? If anything, in terms comes to turns out, it gets referenced here, along with a uh, a certain device from the Rathcon. That uh, ends up uh, coming in, into play. Oh no! Yeah, uh, in re- in relation to that, so I was like, "Huh, okay." So that pretty much that whole um, that um, that the uh, motion picture thing uh, uh, series <laughs> was pretty much in service of doing it, in 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 uh, tying into this, which I kind of started to, to suspect um, as I was reading that. So. I'm like, okay, well, it was still a little story, but I was like, there's got to be something else to it. And sure enough, there it was. Next up, though, um, actually, let me do that real quick. There you go. Uh, and hop away from Star Trek to get into the, the Heroes Within the Half Shell with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, Saturday Morning Adventures Continued Number 5. Blink. Uh, story by Eric Burnham, art by Dan Schoening, letters by Ed Dukeshire. Plain and simple. Um, so this pretty much, uh, well, so the turtles have split up in, into two teams. Like half of them went to the, the swamp. Uh, the other half is in the city patrolling because they're looking for Shredder in both accounts for some reason. Uh, they have help from the punk frogs, who, if you know who they are, um, then. Congratulations, you're old. Um, um, but uh, there's some references there. Um, the Channel 6 news team kind of comes into play. April April kind of gets uh, taken away, um, but she doesn't seem to need any help. Also, there feels to be a reference or two to the, to, to the current uh, video game. Uh, Shredder's Revenge that is out now, and if you haven't played that, it's pretty good. If you like um, uh, old beat 'em up games such as the uh, old uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Konami game. yes, 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 that game is it pretty much evokes that pretty well. You, you, it's, it's a it's a good one, one of the it. best games ever. Mm-hmm. Indeed, like I said, this uh, this new one is it, pretty much got the the hooks in there, so yeah, it is worth checking out. But um, that being said, yeah, uh, Baxter Stockman is the is the uh, the villain in 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 tow in this one, um, as the the frogs and the turtles team up against uh, him, um, and uh, pretty much pushes on to the next part of the story that has to do with uh, Shredder, uh, Krang, and a certain rock that he's that was stolen uh, at the beginning of this. Uh, uh, the story at the beginning of the the start of this uh, volume, I should say. So there is that. Next up, <clears throat> Static Shadows of Dakota. Uh, wait, that's not. Hold on. Oh, I guess that is right. That doesn't make any sense, but it's right. Um, Shadow Static Shadows of Dakota number six of six. 
because I'm and I'm thinking about the way this ended. I'm just like, wait, that doesn't sound right. But now that I think about it, I forgot they do, they've been doing this book in seasons. So it's written by Nicholas Draper Ivy and uh, Vita Ayala, with art by Nicholas Draper Draper Ivy, and letters by Anne World Design. So basically, the um, this book is a standoff between uh, Virgil uh, and Eben, who kind of an adversary but uh but is trying to enlist uh Virgil's help but uh, using a very aggressive means in who who also uses a very, very aggressive means in his tactics which Virgil is opposed to so there's this kind of back and forth between them about uh that but uh going into the end of this uh issue may have come to not necessarily an understanding but a uh you know a, a potential partnership for reasons because in the overall world there's there's things going on with uh with bang babies and kidnappings of of said uh, folks and uh you know things that have personally affected both of them let's just say so uh and yeah if th- this is the end of this uh quote unquote season which is i think season which is actually season 2 of uh static's book um, not sure when the next uh, season is going to start, but I'm looking forward to the rest of it because the art on, on in here has been killer, as as in the story has been pretty good so far. So they've been uh, they've been doing some some quite nice work over there with that uh, DC. Next up uh, is Blade number three, which is written by uh, former guests of the show Brian Hill, uh, with pencils by Elena Casagrande and Valentina Pinti. With inks by um, uh, Alina Casagrande, Robert Roberto Poggi, and Valentina Pinti, color artist uh, KJ Diaz, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, um, to put it in D and D terms, the end of one side quest, um, one side side quest gave way into the main side quest, which actually puts, which is actually putting blade and the folks he is, um, uh, he's trying to get to help him, or at least one of the people that he's trying to get to help him, uh, into another side quest because, uh, there's a, the, the particular enemy that he's, uh, that he himself let loose like 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo style almost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not quite, but I, I love that reference. Either way. Yeah. 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 Not too far away. Um, it's kind of out there. Um, and so blade is trying to, uh, trying to track down a way to, let's say, get rid of, uh, said, uh, said adversaries by enlisting, uh, some help. Uh, and with that draws the attention of a certain, um, sorcerer, sorcerer supreme, uh, at the end of this issue, so sounds like there's going to be a team up, which was kind of telegraphed in, in 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 the beginning of this issue. But then again, we also knew it because if you read uh, if you up on solicits or whatnot, you probably already know you already knew about it. Uh, but yeah, so the um, Blade, uh, uh, his crew, and uh, uh, a, a certain doctor is uh, going to uh, be doing some training, and not the kind that you're thinking about. Uh, uh, and if you think about it, uh, when the next issue comes around, you'll look back on this and laugh or not. What's it to say? But that folks is, uh, uh, marks the end of my books. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. 
I am fairly certain. Actually, let me check again before I say that. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't think our absentee co-host provided any clicks of the week, although we did ask this time. So nope, nope. Well, I actually asked them also, but you know, uh, no, did not. You know, so I was just wondering. It might have caught, got back late or something. So uh, it's on us. What you got? If you got yours, Thor, Immortal Thor number two. Of course, <laughs> easy, easy lemon squeezy this week. I, you know what? Oh, is anyone surprised? I certainly am not. You know what? I'll put this uh, George Perez variant back up. There we go. Nice. Um, of that, which is a, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to reading that um, when I get a chance to. Actually, it might be after the show. Who, who's even to know? Um, for myself, actually, it probably is just as easy, honestly. I, I kind of want to do a one-two on this one. Actually, no, it might not. Um. Because it's safe to say it's going to be in the Star Trek corner. I, I it's safe to say, um, but I'm teetering between Star Trek Twelve and uh, the Star Trek Day of Blood Shack's Best Day One Shot, um, which I think uh, I am probably just going to go ahead and. Uh, did I really not just put my books in? I surely did not. Oh, I guess I'll be doing that in a second. Um, Star Trek Day of Blood, Shaq's best, uh, Shaq's best Day one shot is going to be the one. However, um, okay, Kenny. No, no, right. Um, <laughs> um, shout out to one Patrick Stewart, speaking of, who apparently has a, a memoir that came out this week called Making It So. If you're watching the video version, you can see the the cover of the book and uh, Sir Pat and all of his glory. But definitely, um, uh, the book I mentioned is mine, which there you go. Star Trek uh, Day of Blood, Shaq's Best Day, one shot. Um, um, I almost joked with uh, Agent 70 about... um, uh, about his pick from the the click I had for him last week, but I suspect there's a new story that uh, that is going to give give me the opportunity to shine a light on that. And with that, okay. we we're going to get into the news section. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Cinematic news, folks, as we do about this time. Uh, Starting off with the writer's strike, actually, which is good news, everyone. Um, 
going into some potential bad news, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the writer's strike reaches a tentative agreement with studios and streamers. So that means I think by next Wednesday, I think uh, things are going to uh, start getting back uh, in order um, uh, production-wise. Um, there was a 146-day strike, which, is, according to this uh, dead, uh, Hollywood Reporter article, is uh, historic. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but very necessary because look. Um, s- studio people are tripping, way tripping. Those studio heads are very much tripping. So, and actually, there was some things that come out because I don't know if it's in this article or it was in the deadline or, or potentially in the deadline article uh, that uh, that I saw was some comments from that were supposedly from studio heads about basically stalling folks out until they got um, until things got dire. And mm-hmm. then, um, so you know, just kind of have leverage in their in their favor, but it didn't work out that way. Um, and I have to f- find that. Um, I will. I will have to find that article to see what it was because because it was a snippet of the article, but I'm not sure that was um, that was supposedly from Deadline, but I'm not uh, seeing anything about what was said here. But nevertheless, hey. Uh, strike is pretty is 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 a done deal, um, and uh, that's uh, that's damn good for you know it, potentially for TV watching and folks and uh, folks to get back to work uh, on said shows, whether in front of or behind the car- camera. Now that that being said, next up, SAG AFTRA members have voted to authorize a strike against the video game industry. The vote was 98.32% in favor of the strike authorization against 10 major video game companies with 34,687 members casting ballots. So that's only 27.47% of eligible voters, but it's still enough for an authorization. An authorization does not guarantee a work stoppage will occur, but the vote permits union negotiators to call for a strike for a new interactive media agreement if necessary because five rounds of bargaining have come and gone and they're not making too much progress, but let's hope for the best. Right. We had been talking about, or at least I know I talked about it last week and probably hinted around in the last couple of weeks that uh, this was potentially going to come. And as Agent 70 said, yes, it doesn't mean that they're going to strike. It just means that they're, they're, the potential of that happening could happen. And with the likelihood of uh, what happened with uh, you know the the writers' uh, strike, probably could still happen. So now that's just going to affect. Now, well, that's going to affect a good bit, uh, but um, might not affect stuff that is already uh, slated to come out. Uh, you know, for the rest of the year. So it's it's the stuff that's being worked on now for like next year. Uh, this is definitely going to get more affected uh, by this, but still. It is something. Uh, I don't know why I want to read that, but I plan to. So next up, um, in some good news that I'm just that. um, Well, it's not good news. I I shouldn't say that. In some news that's just going to that's uh, has elicited a certain response from me. 
Uh, Heels has been canceled at Stars after two seasons, and the only thing I can say to that is, <laughs> not for the people behind sure. the character, uh, but because the star, because uh, as we have reported uh, in past shows, one of the stars of the shows, namely Stephen Amell, Amel, was anti-strike in the first place. So, ah, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I remember we did a story on that. Yes. I just don't remember um, which one call it uh, too much about. You know, I I can't remember that you you know you would have such animosity towards this particular actor. He it's not the first time he's kind of said some stuff that's that's not great. You know. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I feel sorry for one the people behind the show and other because like I said it was actually I enjoyed that show I, I like that show, um, mm-hmm. um, so I, I feel bad for for folks who are going to be out of a job because of this outside of him, but um, you know you, you kind of reap what you sow and so I, I shouldn't say that it's not not the case it's just it's just happened to be a coincidence that you know him being anti strike the strike now being over and now he doesn't uh, he doesn't have the show anymore on the heels of the strike being settled. So, well, the writer's strike is settled, right? The actor's strike is still ongoing. So it's a little, you know, it's a little weird, right? But still, you know, it's still part of the same, you know, part of the whole, put it that way. Right. But yes, you are right about that. Um, next up though. So some things, some things are coming back, you know, like, uh, comedy show. I mean, uh, talk shows, right? You know, th- th- those are shows that are that will be coming back. But you know, anything that requires actors is going to be a little bit, you know, w- w- it's still up in the air right now. Right, they're still hashing it out. Yep. Next up, Martin Scorsese says, "Fight back against comic book movie culture by supporting directors like Christopher Nolan. We've got to save cinema." Uh, okay, mm-hmm. uh, Marty. Okay, well, you're not going to say it, I will. So, yes, the same Christopher Nolan that did three Batman movies. Yeah, you know what? I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't oh, I going to say it. <laughs> that was my whole reason for putting this article in here. I wasn't going to say it. Cool. Only because I feel like what what bothers me about this mm-hmm. is that the comic book movie, what everyone hates about it is that it's based off of IP and that it's interwoven. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is what we always wanted. Right. It doesn't mean that we can't watch other movies that are not comic book related. Yes, it crowds out the marketplace if we're trying to do all comic book movies. But I don't feel like, you know, my viewing tastes have changed since comic book movies have come out. I still want to go see certain movies in the theaters because that's where I feel like they should be seen on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But see, the problem here is people like Scorsese and I guess not necessarily Nolan or whatever, but these folks who are thinking, well, these movies are not real movies. Th- th- that crowd is right. part of the problem. Now, yes, there are a lot of comic book movies, but like, as you said, like, yeah, they're not the problem um, or they're not the full problem. People like this <laughs> on the other side of it are, are kind of the problem. Uh, you can say what you want about you know Scorsese's um, directing prowess or whatever it is, but be like, okay, 
do your thing. Why are you worried about what's going on over here? It's not affecting you realistically. And let's face right. it, some, in some way, shape, or form, some folks would argue that the style of films that you want and you're you know, out here caping for are not, are only for a certain section of people anyway. Right. And, and it doesn't service, not to say all movies should, because they should not just service just everybody. You know, there are only certain you and folks like you and, and you know, right. others who have. And I mean, there is, I mean, yeah, you know, but to, 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 to that point, though, there is such a thing as mass media, you know, pop culture, right? Totally. Like that's, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the films that appeal to the broadest spectrum. Right, they are almost always going to be lighter fare than what Marty Scorsese puts together. Right. Let's just be, you know, let's let's just be honest here. Yeah, so right. I think that is the biggest support to your point, right. which is he can always, you know, criticize, you know, the 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 pop culture mass media aspect of this, and he can put out his own movies that are a little bit more, uh, less, you know, you know, less appealing in that in that sense and he is you know Mm -hmm. so you know just do your thing man right like just like like movies just like tv and comic books there are a broad media like you can have many things going on in the media that may or may not have anything to, to do with what you are doing now some of that stuff doesn't get to the surface like like I would like you would want it to in certain respects because let's face it you know you when you have you know things that are way as the agency would say kind of really popular you know there's popular media is a thing and or a lot of people are going to gravitate towards that and you know it could seem like that's a problem and it can be if you let it but not always it's keep right. being you letting it one thing and you know if you're if you're not looking for other things, you're not going to find it. That being said, that being said, this is going on too long. It was like, I just wanted to bring up the fact that it was like, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to say yeah, Scorsese's out of touch because he's not. Like I said, but that point of view is very narrow. Yeah. I am going to say. That's all I would say about that. And there's no saving cinema. Well, excuse me. Let me phrase that. The whole save cinema thing is like, that's kind of some, a bullshit argument because mm. cinema hasn't really died. And it's always going to be. And comic book, as we've already said, comic book movies is not killing it. If anything, COVID kind of had something to do with the with uh, more, you know, with uh, the lack of cinema going than than not. It has nothing to do with comic book movies. But it's just kind of beating the old at this point, uh, beginning to be on an, an old horse. Right. So, anyway, next up, uh, Max announces new uh, Justice League movie streaming uh, release schedule, and that is for Justice League War World, which apparently um, I thought was already out. Actually, um, it said the film was released digitally this past July, uh, and it's going to hit uh, Max, according to Just Watch, uh, on October twenty third of this year. So I haven't really been keeping up with the uh, the animated stuff from from DC, but uh, I know there's some some decently good stuff in there. I think this was like R rated or something. So um, for whatever that means, there you go. Next up, 
James Gunn reveals exactly when <clears throat> new DC Universe movie canon officially will start. And he, in speaking with fans on social media, did his best to clarify what he says. And it will count once the new universe is fully launched with 2025 Superman Legacy. So basically, he says nothing is canon until Creature Commandos next year, a sort of aperitif to the DCU, and then a deeper dive into the universe with Superman Legacy after that. So for those keeping store, score, it doesn't start until his stuff starts. Basically. Uh, which he, his, uh, his guiding hand is in both. Um, She-Hulk star celebrates one year of Madison with a Y, but not where you think. When I saw this one. story, I just started laughing. I couldn't help but smile. Absolutely. Even if it was like, inside, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Patty Guggenheim's um, uh, Madison, you know, was a, a tour de force a breakout character in the series, which I actually kind of want to revisit She Hulk uh, uh, at some point. But um, but Patty Guggenheim, oh wait, did she take it off, or is the link busted? Huh. Okay, so apparently, but basically, she got on Instagram at one point and said that um, uh, what a fun and wild and funny uh, time of things this was this last year. I love getting to meet and connect with so many awesome people through this portal. No pun intended, I'm sure. Uh, love you and love Wangarino forever and ever. Hashtag no way home. Hashtag literally uh, forgotten address. Um, hashtag uh, trophy, I guess. I don't know what that was. It says, uh, thanks for the incredible art and... Um, I guess she got some art for, for her, some from fan art for her character, which again I can't show because the the, the Instagram post is not going to show up. But nevertheless, you know, there you go. Um, I don't know where this character is going to show up again. This is me saying that, not not her, but um, um, but uh, I, I would I would hope she shows up again in the in the MCU at some point soon. Me too. Me too. And she'll not. She won't show up where you think. Exactly. <laughs> Next up. All right. Even though production on Daredevil: Born Again was suspended amid the writers and actors' strikes, Charlie Cox's next role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will come prior to his solo series. Previously reported by Hollywood Trades, Marvel has now confirmed Cox's Daredevil is due to return in Echo. Okay. I mean that. That's probably. Not that big of a surprise, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you know sense. anything about the the either character, right? So, but yeah, and also that's going to be this January. I believe that's still the case uh, when Echo starts. So there you go. Uh, next up, though, begun the Disney password sharing crackdown has. So yeah, in Canada, um, that whole Disney, uh, you know, password crackdown that. Uh, Disney Plus is doing has started. Um, and I only mention that because it's only a matter of time that that's going to filter down here if it hasn't already, but I don't think it has. I don't know. So if you're sharing your password with somebody else, uh, uh, your Disney Plus uh, password with somebody else in Canada, yeah, you're going to be able to do that. Unless you got some other ways, you know, that we don't know about. So, And I think this article kind of goes into uh, what that whole thing is about, but we've already talked about it in the past. So... Ooh, some good news for me on a on a uh, PC front, I think. But we'll see how the, see what this means. Next up, 
All right. So uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro almost entered a galaxy far, far away by helming a Star Wars film. Screenwriter David Goyer said during the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast that he wrote a Star Wars script that del Toro was going to direct back in 2019. However, Lucasfilm decided to shelve the project because they are sometimes not geniuses. I mean, yeah. Wait, was that you saying that? Or that was that an article? No, that was me saying it. That's uh, my editorializing. <laughs> gotcha. So, this is also this is kind of and uh, not to get it too far into this, but also kind of brings up a fact. It was like, okay, you got one or two people doing things like this. I'm like, we can find other people to do this stuff also, because David Goyer has had his hand in a lot of, uh, you know, pop culture movies and stuff and like you know I feel like we can find other people to do the stuff outside of that dude just saying and others because like there's only a handful of people they let to handle stuff as we found right. out from like Shang-Chi and, and other places and, and uh, like the Captain America movies you can find new people to get to, to do some things right so and, and get a good effect anyway next up though um oh fudge sickles come on don't do this I hate this stupid thing um, the Enterprise G, if Star Wars Legacy is going to come, uh, is going to happen, uh, the, the Enterprise G is going to get an upgrade. Uh, and this comes from Dave Blast, uh, the uh, production designer on uh, Star Trek Picard. And this is also coming from uh, uh, one of the beside. Uh, Oh no! This is this is a lot. basically this is a, a an interview with Screen Rant, and Blast was asked uh, if there was any uh, plans to upgrade the Enterprise G if uh, if said show happens, and it was like, oh, oh yeah, hundred percent, I'd love to, because we did season two and three back to back. There wasn't any chance to change really the bridge from the Stargazer to the Titans to the Titans, excuse me. But if we get into going into series with Legacy, oh yeah, we're definitely going to tweak uh, that one. So yeah probably a new version of the Enterprise G, which, as we know, coming out of uh, Card Season 3, uh, is the old Titan. So, there you go. Next up. Alrighty, next up. During an interview with Polygon, Robert Kirkman explained how COVID-19 messed with the Invincible production for Season 2, even when it was over. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. The article kind of goes into it. You can kind of read that for yourself. Uh, COVID is a factor, um, as as is already known. Uh, some sad news uh, uh, for Harry Potter fans: Michael Gambone, uh, who played, was he the second Dumbledore? Dumbledore? He was the second Dumbledore. Yeah, he is has passed away at the age of eighty-two. Oh, wands up, folks! Wands up, in. Indeed, indeed. Um, wait, who played the first one? Was it um? It wasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing, which is you can see why my confusion is. But um, so both Dumbledores have have now passed on, correct? Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. So Richard Richard Harris played it. There first. we go. Yes, I couldn't couldn't remember the name right off the bat, but so now. Both Dumbledores have passed uh, passed on. Uh, well, and, I mean, not the young Dumbledore, because that would be Jude Law. 
Well, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't count that. Yeah, one. we don't <laughs> count that one. I don't count that. So yeah, but um, next up. Oh, actually, oh. real quick, um, uh, I was going to mention this. This is nothing. Speaking of uh, deaths that may or may not affect folks, David McCallum, uh, 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 Ducky from from uh, NCIS has also passed. He was also the the man from Uncle. So uh, there's a, another uh, death that happened recently. Yes. So uh, rest in peace, Ducky. Next up, though. Scott Pilgrim takes off. We'll have epic animated fights. If this was live action, it would cost more than Avatar. Exclusive uh, stuff from Empire. Okay. That's a pretty interesting thing to say. I mean, yeah. Which also puts us into Anime Corner, by the way. Oh! I'm mad because I'm still trying to find where the hell I put my um my uh, Gotcha Man box set. Because hmm. I know I had uh, archived them, <clears throat> you know, for any for anyone listening. But I don't know where those the uh, the, the physical copies are, right? Yeah, I don't know where the physical. Well, I don't know where the archive went either. That's the that's the weird thing about it. And if I put it where I thought I put it, I'm kind of upset because that's no longer an issue. But regardless, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I can't find the, the the physical version. They're back there somewhere. I don't know because I, would, for reasons of wanting to rearchive them, is why I did that. But yeah, Scott Pilgrim anime. Speaking of uh, actually the spot Scott Pilgrim anime, um, apparently uh, the anime will change where Ramona Flowers works. If I remember uh, the live action movie, I think she worked for Amazon. Now she will be working for, and I guess this would be no surprise given that this is a, a Netflix joint. Netflix. Ah. The, the funny part about it actually is, uh, uh, according to this article, is she's working for the what is the now defunct part of uh, uh, of Netflix, and that being the DVD. The DVD. Mm, <laughs> the, the DVD delivery service. That's funny. So, yeah, that's kind of amusing. So, uh, November 17th is uh, when that's going to debut on Netflix, by the way. So I'm looking forward to that. Next up, speaking of Netflix. Netflix yeah, Netflix shared the first trailer of its upcoming Onimusha anime on Wednesday, one week ahead of its Drop 01 animation showcase next week. The biggest surprise the trailer had to offer, aside from the reveal of the series' very existence, was the appearance of the anime's protagonist, Miyamoto Musashi, modeled after the likeness of the late Japanese screen legend Toshiro Mifune, who died in 1997. Mm-hmm. And actually, skip ahead a week, which because this was from this actually article was from last week, because this week is the week they're talking about. There has been um, a slew of uh not a slew as a couple of announcements from uh netflix's uh what is it drop geeked one drop or something yeah it's called drop to drop one is what they called it uh and the first uh announcement that we will get into is um devil may cry gets a new animated series and uh which is going to be produced by capcom with uh castlevania's adi shankar who is one another one of those who was like, you know what, you can find somebody else to do this kind of stuff, but he seems to be, that just seems to be his bag in producing these video game 
um, adaptations, which I'm, I'm sure are working out for them. But yeah, the first up uh, is uh, Devil May Cry, the Capcom series uh, that is uh, that I'm sure some folks will know and love. Uh, it is worth noting that uh, Devil May Cry has had an adaptation before, as this article from Crunchyroll is um as a uh, as a uh, bringing up uh, back in 2007 and it was produced by Madhouse and I vaguely remember that one but it is a thing uh, but yeah this is a new one that's going to happen and I think it's going to be sometime next year uh, we're not getting it because it was just announced this past weekend or this past actually it was excuse me, in the last couple of days now to think about it. it wasn't even this weekend next up Alright, Tomb Raider, The Legend of Lara Croft, Netflix, yeah, Netflix's upcoming animated adaptation of the legendary video game franchise has received a first look teaser trailer and a release window of 2024. So this is a new animated series which was first announced back in 2021, is set after the events of Crystal Dynamics' video game reboot trilogy and is being brought to life by Legendary. I did not even know there was a reboot video game trilogy oh yeah it's pretty good actually i'm gonna release a couple of the ones that i've come across but yeah they the the christy pretty good did pretty good on those well the oh, first one's and, a little and, the little heavy in spots but yeah they kind of okay they, they and in interesting news it was also officially confirmed that lara croft will be voiced by agent carter's Haley atwell shout out to Haley atwell yep that was cool although the teaser trailer that is attached to this that i saw yesterday and actually this news is coming out from uh, their the netflix geek thing that was yesterday as of this recording didn't really get much of her in it or at least no actual voice there's like some sound effects yes and some grunts and whatnot but no real like lines mm. so, which is kind of a shame but that sucks yeah but hey you know what the thing is coming and having Haley atwell getting more work is always <laughs> great with me personally um uh agent 70 i'm sure is, will be happy to hear about this uh my hero academia announces new ova now i put this in here thinking i'm whether i thought i had talked about this before but i'm not entirely sure but i'm bringing it up here again regardless of whether i did or i didn't but yeah um my hero is getting a new ova which is basically um you know a uh a shorter round of anime um most typically that is me short stroking what an OVA actually is. Um mm. but it's a original what is it, original video animation, something like that is what it's called. Yeah, something but, like that, yeah. Yeah. Um but and it is actually coming to uh Japanese theaters on October the twentieth, which means that uh and I guess it's only one at OVA because sometimes there's yeah. Uh, there might be a couple, but who knows what the, what's gonna happen. Um So it says here that um, Mirio will be the star of the OVA and it will follow that character as he joins up with Class 1A for a unique tournament and something about card battles. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And which, hey. It's all marketing. You know, I I, I love me a good card game as folks may or may not know now. So, And I'm not up on... Uh, nowhere near uh, up on my hero, but I would be interested in that. So yeah, but there. Anyway, we will probably see it sooner rather than later after that date mentioned all here in the states. Next up, oh, and the timing could not be better. <laughs> 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 
Haikyuu creator celebrates the new... Oh, wait, hold on. I jumped one. Haikyuu final anime film reveals a teaser visual. Trailer for February 16th premiere. It's awesome news, folks. Mm-hmm. Haikyuu Fest, the 2023 event, showed off a brand new trailer and teaser visual for Haikyuu, the final anime film's first of two parts, subtitled Gomi Suteba no Kesen, which is now set to premiere in Japan on February 16th, 2024. It's coming, folks. It's coming. I don't know when we're going to be able to see it in the States, but it's coming. It's probably going to be like direct after. I, assume. Like, it's I hope be- so. Yeah, it's probably gonna be like uh, Crunchyroll is probably gonna simulcast it right after it if they uh, if they got that deal already in the books, which probably likely they did. Um, but yeah, I sent this to Agent Seventy, and he was like, uh, and he was quite excited for this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I had seen. Uh, I th- I don't know if Rodicat was the first person to, to to send it to me, but I I, I think I saw it on my own mm-hmm. and then had a a couple of people send it to me and I was very excited. Very excited. And just this is awesome, awesome, awesome news. Just awesome news. mark of uh, your people knowing you well, I guess. Um, yep. But on that front, uh, Haikyuu Creator celebrates new movie trailer with a, with a new, with a special sketch as Agent 7 was about to mention. Um, and I don't know if that that sketch is attached to this article, and it does not seem to be the case. Uh, but if we click to the, this uh, Twitter link, which is still kind of amusing, that uh, uh, pictures are are still linked to Twitter.com as opposed to to X.com. Well, I, actually, stuff still points to to, to Twitter.com. Right. As opposed to them changing that, which that'd have been stupid anyway if they had. But yeah, if yeah. you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, sketch uh, of I'm going to say two Haikyuu characters uh, in a movie theater sharing um, a big ass bucket of popcorn and a soda. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not sharing. One's got the bucket, and one's got the soda. So, which you know what? I could go for some popcorn right now because I love me some popcorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah, there's two. I mean, that's. The one on the right is Hinata Shoyo, and uh, the one on the left is uh, Kenma. So, mm-hmm. okay. Actually, I probably could have hit. There we go. Translate post, and there you go. And uh, would have kind of almost said the same thing Agent Seventy just said, but not really. <laughs> um, all good, all good, folks. But uh, next up, though, Spy Family Anime's second season main trailer unveils theme song. Uh, with the artist, so yeah, the theme song for the next uh, uh, se- for season two of Spy Family, which is coming next week, very soon, uh, very very weekend. soon. It is next weekend. Yes, as of this recording, t- t- uh, uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, the Sunday the, uh, on the eighth, uh, right? Uh, which to, to today's recording is the twenty eighth of September. So yeah, looking forward to this. I cannot wait. It says to hear that the opening song's single will be released on October fifth, and the ing- well, oh, hold on, back up, back up, hold on. So the the um, the opening theme song is going to be released on the fifth. The ending theme song is going to be released on the eighth. The season itself, I believe. Yes, we'll premiere in on the seventh. Oh, okay. In no, I, thought, I, I know it's the weekend. 
well in Japan. So we we'll, right. so we're going to get it probably likely on the eighth, um, right? Through, through probably Crunchyroll. Right, right, right. And it says here also that uh, which I think we've talked about pre- uh, previously, the movie uh, Spy Family Code White will open on December twenty second. Um. So and that, that's more likely um, uh, Japan, and we'll probably get it you know, soon after. So there you go. And like I said, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a simulcast because they've been on this one uh, the day after the both premieres. Well, at least uh, I don't know about the movie, but definitely season two. Oh, yeah. Uh, There you go. Next up uh, is. Yeah, this is some difficult news to process. I don't know how to feel about this. The iconic Japanese animation company, Studio Ghibli which uh, created internationally beloved films, including My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away, has now been sold to Nippon TV after failing to find a successor for its legendary co-founder and director, Hayao Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. The two companies' board of directors met on Thursday and approved a resolution for Nippon TV to acquire shares of Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. I I, I always uh, hem and haw on how to pronounce it. I think it is Ghibli. Yeah. I believe that's the case. Uh, Making it a subsidiary of the television network. The company said in a joint statement, the financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. So, you know, Hayao Miyazaki is now 82 and producer Toshio Suzuki is now 75. Studio Ghibli has long been struggling with the issue of their successors, the statement said. That I understood. I understood that he wasn't able to, like, hand it off to his son, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because they have issues and he's doing his own thing. Well, right. I should say he's doing so, something. I don't know about the issues. They might have resolved that, but I don't know. If they, I know there was some split between them. Right, 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 right. So bottom line is that um, I still don't know how to feel about this. I yeah. really don't. It's a weird Disney moment in this, in in a way. Or, or, or not just Disney, but hey, here's this uh, storied franchise that's just being sold off to a big TV studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to a big corporate, exactly a big corporate entity, and exactly. that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. And the reasons of it is is even more sad. Like, yeah, there's no successor. Um, right. I mean, it's nice that it's a family business, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a pretty singular artistic vision that is the the, the strength of Studio Ghibli. You know. And therein lies the problem because under this new uh, uh, new uh, arrangement, will that continue to be the case? It's, it was right. the same thing with Pixar, actually, which is why I bring up the uh, the Disney thing, right? You know, because there has been like granted, you can safely say that the, the quality of Pixar stuff is kind of still there, but at the same time, they've also done stuff that they said they would not do before right. uh, coming under that, so. Things tend to change in what way and whether the, the quality, the quote unquote quality is still going to be there uh, under the structure. We'll just have to wait and see. Yes. And with that, uh, we can push on to the last bit of anime. Yes, that's right. A- anime news, which is uh, production IG to produce new uh, Kinokuman uh, anime. I guess that's how I pronounce it. I'm not entirely sure. In 2024. So the official Twitter account for uh, the this uh, new anime uh, in the Kinokuman 
uh, franchise was unveiled on Friday, uh, and there's a 2024 premiere date, and it is going to be called uh, Kinu Kuman Perfect Origin Arc because I am not messing with the Japanese, uh, the, the actual Japanese uh, title, hmm. uh, uh, or literally Kinu Kuman Perfect Shojin uh, Superhero Origin Arc. Named after the 2011 uh, revival manga's uh, arc of the same name, I am not. I've seen the character before, but I'm not familiar with this uh, this, this particular uh, uh, um, uh, well with the character or anything with the, the anime or the, or what it's based off of, basically. So I'm sure there are fans who are like, "Yay!" Next up. <laughs> We get into the manga oh. corner. Yeah, we're in the manga corner. New Shonen Jump manga is the fresh new fantasy more fans should be reading. So this is about a new uh, manga that's in Shonen Jump called Mama Yu Yu. And, uh, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, you know, this manga created by Yoshihiko Hayaki follows a teenager named Corleo, who is the hero destined to defeat the Demon King. However, the fantasy world he lives in is currently in a time of peace with demons and humans coexisting. So he's uncertain about his purpose. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the crux of the story. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Yu Yu Hakusho also. Uh, next up... Um, which I guess I should have flipped it, but there's a reason. I guess there's a reason why this. But um, hey, if you wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but kind of have a Studio Ghibli or Ghibli feel to it, uh, might you want to check out uh, Ob- Obajima, which apparently, according to this article, is uh, um, a soft fantastical tabletop adventure that is DBD, uh, the D and D based. Uh, but with uh, with a splash of uh, Studio Ghibli in it. So this article kind of goes uh, and talks about that a little bit and what they're trying to do with it. I believe this is a Kickstarter campaign. Yes, that it is. So it's a 5e, it's like it says, 5th uh, edition campaign setting that, uh, that has the status of uh, Studio Ghibli. So if that is appealing, hey, you can go check it out. Next up. So, Marvel is set to reprint a rare ROM <laughs> X-Men group of crossover stories that originally included, that that uh, were published as ROM issues number 17, 18, 31, and 32, including ROM's first meeting with the X-Men. So, this is being reprinted in uh, a one-shot called ROM and the X-Men Marvel Tales number one. A one-shot to be released on December 20th, 2023. The 104-page issue will have an MSRP of $7.99. Cool. Yep. Um, I, I put this in there for that reason because as we as folks may or may not know... Uh, uh, Wait, Marvel guys. reacquired the license? Ha ha ha. Well, wait. When uh, was this? Wait, 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 wait. Um, Marvel to publish ROM Omnibus. Maybe yeah. it's just the maybe it's just of their of their previous printings, not of new stuff. I that may or may not be the case because there's some still some stuff up in the air with that whole uh, ID. Well, I think IDW may have also lost that one, but that was not as big as the 
the rest of the stuff like G.I. Joe and Transformers, but that might have come also come along with that. So that might be the case that um, Rom and Micro, Micronauts might be heading back to Marvel. We we don't we don't know. Ooh, I need some Rom Space Knight and Marvel. So, um, little, little, I, I didn't say this last week, and, uh, and uh, but I meant to. But there was, last week was uh, was uh, a facsimile edition that Marvel put out of ROM number one. And if Agent yes. 70 had not given me a click of the week, that would have been his click of the week by proxy. Ah, I mean, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I would not have minded that, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed the Captain America number one that did come out last week, but, mm-hmm. you know, I would not have minded very much at all had it been ROM, ROM number one, the facsimile copy. Right. So, cause I think about when people want to, you know, when come time. So, so yeah, good good news. So, and this is pretty much boding well for the fact that, like I said, um, ROM may or may not be going back to uh, Marvel or may already be back in Marvel. We don't necessarily know at this point. <clears throat> But it seems like right. all these reprints may, in fact, be primers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Marvel launches a 50th, uh, excuse me, a giant sized celebration for the 50th anniversary of giant sized storytelling. Um, so basically, there's going to be a giant sized Spider-Man. Um, I believe also, is there going to be others? But yeah, 50 years later, like I said, so giant size, if I'm not mistaken, giant size is what used to pass as animals, uh, annuals, before they went and called them annuals. Am I, am I correct I think so. on that? I yeah. think so. So, so, and this was back during the 70s. So, uh, and then they started using annuals as the, uh, as their, uh, the nomenclature for yearly one shots, you know, big size, big books. But, it's 50 years um, uh, of giant sized and let's see, there's going to be a giant sized Spider-Man in January 1st written by, oh, excuse me, in January, not the first, but uh, written by Cody Ziegler with art by Eban Coelho. Um, and it looks like it's going to be a showdown between the next generation Spider-Man and Venom. Uh, let's see. And apparently Jenna, uh, Dylan Brock is going to have something to do. Well, Dylan Brock is the current Venom, so that that is why that is. And I think it says also, uh, yes, Giant Size Superstars is going to be a special facsimile edition, which is going to be, if you're watching the video version, you can see uh, the Fantastic Four, uh, Thing versus Hulk um, story, uh, reprinting that. And let's see, uh, Jerry Conway and Rich Buckler is handling that. Uh, so yeah, and uh, wait, is it a reprint or a new story? That is a reprint because because uh, it does say representing anyway. And I think that is it. I thought they had a couple more books in this line, but those are the only two they're talking about at this point. So hey, there you go. Next up. All righty. So following his acclaimed work in Spider-Man 2099 Exodus and Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis, writer Steve Orlando returns to uh, 2099 and he's going to be doing uh, Marvel. I mean, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, a five part limited series that will hit stands weekly throughout January 2024. 
Okay. Steve Lander has been getting a lot of work lately. Um, it's not a complaint. Just saying. I've noticed. Um, good news for Star Wars Rebels fans who collect Marvel comics. Uh, the 10th anniversary is going to be celebrated of Star Wars Rebels with new variant covers starting in January with art by Casper Weingard. Um, and it will spotlight your favorite characters from Star Wars Rebels and the whole new cover collection. If you are watching the video version of this here podcast, you will see what I'm looking at now, which is the first one is uh, Ahsoka, timely, um, and has uh, your your other favorite characters. And of course, it disappeared. Why does the Marvel stuff just disappear? That's weird. <laughs> You start clicking through the uh, the images and then it just disappears. But mm-hmm. starting in January, I say January, February, January through uh, April is going to be um, when said variant covers are going to uh, pop up, and they're all going to be in, the, of course, um, for the Star Wars ongoing book. So Star Wars forty two through forty five are going to have uh, these uh, covers, and if you just the, the second of what was being shown of these covers like I said it's your favorite Rebels characters um, uh, with their own covers with the exception of uh, uh, Zeb and Kanan yep there we go who have their own co- who has a cover themselves that's why I'm saying that next up though alrighty so we have a new Black Panther Funko Pop comic cover figure and it spotlights T'Challa's origin story as it's told in Avengers number 87 it arrives at Target as part of the latest Marvel Selects wave it's a pretty cool looking Funko Pop mm-hmm. and I I shall have it <laughs> I shall have it possibly uh, next up DC Hero Clicks uh, monthly op kit incoming. You see, there's a Batman one with his foot with his uh, foot out, like he's like he's doing, um, like he's channeling uh, um, uh, Keanu from The Matrix. Uh, but apparently, this kit has everything stores need to run uh, multiple in-store DC Hero Clicks events over the course of the next month. Uh, new dials for Batman and the Huntress, as well as Nightwing. I don't think I've ever seen. And again, not that I go to um, LCSs, I mean, um, LGSs all that often <laughs> anymore. I don't think I've seen any of the, these uh, Heroclix uh, events there around to where I am anyway. I'm sure they have them. Yeah, I'm sure they're somewhere. Yeah, but uh, I'm still trying to find Disney Lord Candle cards, so yeah, F all that. Next up. Listen, there... <sighs> You know, my local comic shop is a big gaming place. They have regular tournaments. I still think they're doing Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic. Oh, of course. I, I mean, those are staples. That's what, right, that's what I hear them play when I walk in some days on tournament day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'll come in after volleyball on Sundays, and people are lined up to buy packs to get into the game. And I'm like, yeah, this is why I avoid this place on Sundays. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Next yeah. up, cast lightning with the new Nerf X Magic, uh, the Gathering Blaster. Lord Hasbro PulseCon 2023 arrived, and they announced an impressive set of collectibles like a new Magic the Gathering Blaster. Really? Mm-hmm. Synergy! Corporate synergy of that. Yeah, it's um, synergy. Yep. Um, there, I think there was a couple more uh, Hasbro Pro Hasbro 
Bro PulseCon 2023 announcement that I forgot to put in here, but it's just, well, um, they will be probably forthcoming if there was anything significant. Right. Uh, back to comic news. You know what? That reminds me. I exactly. actually have a little bit of Toy Corner. Okay. I've been, I picked up a couple of things in the last couple of weeks, so let me go grab them while you do this story. Sure. Um, hey, that uh, Wonder Woman number one uh, from last week got a, gets a, a second printing, uh, which, hey, the book was pretty good, so I'm, I'm not mad at it. Um, I know Agent 70 hasn't, uh, hasn't read that issue, but uh, if, uh, for those that don't know, that is the Tom King and Daniel uh, Sampier book, again, that came out last week. Uh, there's actually a couple of other Dawn of DC books that came out this week that we didn't get around to um, checking out, like uh, what Power Girl and The Flash. Actually, yeah, The Flash one was another one I was going to right. check out. Right, Flash number one came out. Yeah, and um, and Power Girl also came out this week. There might have been another one, but I can't think about it. But yeah, so I've been kind of checking out, uh, and last week I think it was, uh, no, it wasn't Cyborg, because it's been out. But um, these Dawn of DC books, I've been curious about checking out, and like I said, because it was, was a Tom King book. Like, hey, you know what? Let's see what he does with that one. And I talked about that last week, so I won't go into it. Uh, and and also, just in case Agent Seventy wants to read it for himself whenever he gets around to it. But hey, second printing, good stuff. Um, hey, grab it. Next up, Mad Cave announces a new Dick Tracy comic book series. All right. So um, let's see. Um... So years after the last Dick Tracy comic series published through IDW, was published through IDW, Mad Cave Studios has announced a new Dick Tracy comic series with the involvement of Dick Tracy comics rights holders Segura and Morechi and Chantal Amy Osman. Okay. So the funny part about, well, not about this, but um, actually I'm kind of surprised it's not under Archie, but I guess there's, there's a reason for that. Um, speaking of Dick Tracy rights holders, um... For those of a certain vintage who remembers the movie, um, to which I don't remember if I knew knew this or, or not, but um, uh, what's his face? The um, the the star of the movie, uh, um, Warren Beatty, has mm-hmm. the rights to Dick Tracy doing a uh, doing Tr- Dick Tracy movie, and has pretty much been holding on to it for dear life, but has never really done much with it. Since that, and that movie came out in 1990, which actually wasn't a terrible movie, you know, all all said and done, especially for for the time frame, right? Uh, uh, but we've never seen anything else uh, from that in the. But it's uh, it's just funny every time Dick Tracy comes up, and and I think about that movie, I, I think about the fact that he's kind of holding on to that for dear life. <laughs> that that, that uh, <laughs> but hey, you know, got to do your thing, I guess. Last but not least, um, and I'm. A fan favorite Transformer had to change his uh, offensive name according to this uh, CPR article, which, by the way, Transformers uh, the from uh, Image Comics is uh, going to be starting next week. Uh, Void Rivals came out this week from the same company, which may or may not have some uh, more teasing out of the, the this whole uh, Energon universe thing, but I'm not entirely sure if that's the case. Uh, but I expect if they were going to do it, it would probably be a, a reason to do it going into next week's uh, uh, number one issue. But we didn't get a copy of the uh, book, so we don't know. Uh, maybe talk about it next week if it's something significant. Regardless, the the Transformer in question 
uh, is uh, one of the Dinobots sl- slag. Um, and apparently, well, it's not even apparently. This is a slang uh, word in real life, and um, th- this is the reason why that uh, that is being changed. So apparently they are changing. Wait, is there, they're changing slag to slug? Is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah, the subgroup. The subgroups ranks include the Triceratops, Transformer, Slug. Originally, this character was in Slag. Yeah. So yes, I'm right. So um, does it say what they're changing it to? I guess that they're going to just keep Slug and not Slag. Yeah. So yeah, which you know these things happen in in a, in a modern era. So. Um, Right. I'm I'm I hesitate to ask what the slang slag means now. Um well, I mean it's the same as what it was. If I'm not mistaken, the uh, slag means to kill, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. What's wrong with that? Um you know, connotations. Or maybe it maybe it might think it may maybe may mean something else in someplace else that that I'm not thinking about. Uh, right. That they're kind of mindful of. So that's what I know it to be. I guess. About. I guess. All right. And this article might say, but I don't see that in here. So regardless, that's it is being changed, and it's not that far off of a change because we're just, it's just one letter. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but this article kind of goes into the thing, but it kind of also blah blah blahs. So yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, folks. Oh wait, yeah. So I've got a wiki toy corner. Uh, yeah, one old word the slag was an offensive swear word in major markets such as the UK. Yes, so um, it was also used as a pejorative equivalent to crap in the Beast Wars uh, Transformers. Yes, yeah, that 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 So yeah, damn uh, anyway. Brits. Okay, um. <laughs> so yeah, All that's right. in the, the end of the um, thing. Let me put his uh, put the uh, thing over here on you before you do that. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Spotlight yeah, on you, there sir. We go. Thank you so much. I mean, at the end of the day, I just have a very quick toy corner. Oh, what's in the box? And they're not even new figures, really. The first one that I picked up uh, when I was visiting my local comic shop, um, you know, I, was, I bought something. I bought like one comic. And I was like, you know what? Let me pick up something else just to help out, right? I don't have a pull list here. Let me just, you know, pick up something. So what I ended up picking up is something I've been meaning to pick up for a long time. That is the Marvel Legends Blue Marvel. So I had not picked this up yet. And I'm glad oh, I nice. finally got to pick up this rendition of Adam Brashear. Mm-hmm. Dr. Adam Brashear. I think I have that one so, already, actually. Oh, yeah. No, you definitely do. Because mm-hmm. I remember you doing your own toy corner mm-hmm. uh, about picking this uh, figure up. I'm glad I finally got him. So, you know, it works for me. Nice. I think that might and, be the last figure I've picked up, actually. <laughs> say again? I think that might be the last Marvel Legends figure I've, I've ever pick, I've picked up. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm here and there now with these. Right. You know, and I'm still hemming and hawing the giant man. I I I, I like the idea of it, and the mm. pricing is really on the reasonable side for a big figure like that. Right. So, um, I picked up the uh, Extremis Iron oh, Man okay. finally. Nice. And you know, I'd been sitting in my uh, wish list 
shopping cart for a long time, but I finally decided to pull the trigger and pick it up because, you know, it was just time. Sure. I kind of regret not getting uh, a couple more of the uh, figures in the wave. Um, not that I want to build the Puff Adder um, Serpent Society Build-A-Figure, but, you know, what, what the, the, the other characters in the wave are uh, Molecule, Molecule Man, Baron Strucker, Yelena Belova, Marvel's Wonder Man. This is the leisure suit Wonder Man. Mm. Uh, Marvel's Orb and Ultimate Captain America. And, you know, uh, like I said, would I be enthusiastic about building Puff Adder? No. But that's actually not a bad wave. So yeah. and that's it for Toy Corner for me. Um, we'll see if I pick up anything at New York Comic Con. I'm still debating that. Well, I still didn't get. Oh shoot, that's right. I didn't get it because I don't think I put it back in my closet. The 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 um the two pack with uh, Doom and, and Captain Marvel. Oh no, that's next on my list because you know what I ordered. Was that I finally sat down and did it? Was that the Burn FF? <laughs> it's on its way. It may nice. not be here for next. Uh, I think most of it will be here for next episode. But if not, I'll just hold off until the episode after maybe Comic-Con or after that and just show them off. Right. That and that. Wacko, I finally Wacko's sat wave. down and did the burn FF because I got four figures for <laughs> ah, pretty, pretty low price. Okay. Sure. 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 Um, yeah, the wackos and that sky cycle. Those, those are the only two. I was the, the only two other things I've actually been looking at, but didn't pull the trigger on. Yeah, I mean, you know what? We'll see what happens on Prime Day. Right. I think that was part of my thinking, to be honest. Yeah, because they, they do have a thing coming up uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, actually. Right. Yeah. It's not far. Right. So mm-hmm. we'll see if Prime Day entices either of us to pick up the sky cycle with Hawkeye, the wacko box set, and or Monica and Secret Wars Doctor Doom. Indeed. And speaking of Amazon. Help us keep our podcast free, folks, by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link. Amazon will send the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Okay, we were tempting fate with that transition, transition, but it worked. So cool. So before it actually goes goes sour, I would like to thank each and every one of you folks for coming out, whether it's uh, um, watching on the video version or after the fact on the, uh, during the um, well, video version or the audio version, to, to be honest. So we appreciate you being here. Uh, we're going to wrap this up for tonight, uh, but we will be back next week. Um, actually, yeah, on that note, uh, next week we will be recording on a f- on Friday. Yes. Uh, because Agent Seven's got a thing to do. Uh, again, has something to do with uh, with his with his favorite, uh, well, his current favorite uh, anime. <laughs> right, 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 right. And the week after, guess what, folks? New York Comic Con. So stay tuned for <clears throat> our broadcast recording schedule over the next couple of weeks. Yes, and Loki uh, season two starts next week. In addition to, uh, as we said, uh, Spy Family uh, that weekend, but we won't. We clearly won't get to Spy Family before it comes out. 
uh, next right. week. So we'll talk about the week after that uh, whenever we record. But yeah, Loki uh, season two starts next week. So look And Ahsoka ends. And Ahsoka ends next week. Yes, also. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. What a time, folks. What it's a time. going to be interesting. So until then... Uh, I have been Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsman's Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Are you still actually uh, active? I've reposted. I haven't really been posting too much on any socials, so, hmm. uh, but I have been, you know, keeping track of it. Okay. PC and underscore dirt on uh, Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and all the umbrella sites there in. And Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. Uh, uh, pop culture. Excuse me. Nope. Nope. That's not right. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N. TheClickNation.com. Uh, and also uh, ComicBook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. You can check him out under the name Tim uh, Timothy Adams. So, folks, you can also find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, aka uh, or Google. Excuse me. Here we go again. Google Play, also uh, iTunes, uh, and uh, aka uh, Apple Podcasts, which is weird because I had this all directly down last week. You could also find us on um, the Close of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page as well. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us recording every week, normally on a Thursday, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, or whatever the Eastern equivalence is at the moment, um, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation, which is youtube.com slash The Click Nation, and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles, where I promise, I promise I'm going to do some more streams of some comic-related stuff, video game-wise, at some point. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and make sure to hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting or streaming live. Oh, I wanted to say, uh, you know, even if Roddy Cat is streaming video games, make sure to catch whatever it is he's streaming. Yes, Spider-Man 2 is coming out at some point, even though I haven't finished the first, that or uh, Miles Morales. I I think uh, that might end up happening. Uh, or some injustice. We don't know. This guy's the, 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 the war's our oyster cracker. We'll see what happens with that. But we'll definitely let you know. Just uh, uh, stay tuned to the socials for that. Uh, and with that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. My time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe? 